Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 118 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out on the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for tuning in today and thanks for being with the podcast this week. Now on today's show we are chatting with Andrew McAvoy, the man behind the trail riding YouTube channel McTrailRider. I've been following Andrew's videos for quite a while and I watched a few quite recently and I was quite inspired by what he does. The quality of the stuff he does is very, very good. But the nail in the coffin was when Nathan from Enduro Malaga, we all know Nathan McComb, the lizard himself, he got in touch with me and said, Garth, look, you need to get Andrew on the show. He's uh, just been out with me, him and BKXC. You may know him better as uh, that of his YouTube channel, Brian Kennedy. They were out together with Nathan, riding the trails there in Malaga and had an absolute blast. And um, Nathan got in contact and said, look, you should get Andrew on the show. He's a real good guy. He's got a real good story. And um, he's mainly up based up around Scotland and covering trails there. But him and Brian Kennedy were out doing a kind of European tour thing together and I had some really, really cool footage and some good stories. So I reached out to Andrew and Andrew was kind enough to come on the show and share everything about his YouTube channel, about his background in mountain biking. And we chat to him about how him and BKXC got together and done this European road trip and how he uh, organised everything and places to stay and trips to ride and um, it's really really cool and him and Brian kind of shared the videos throughout the week of their adventures so that was really cool to see that. We chat to him about his really cool DV8 bike, why he likes it so much and we also chat to him about all these filming gear he uses and where he places the camera and stuff because it's a wee bit different from the normal YouTube videos you will see and uh, I really like his stuff. His videos are really top quality and uh, he's got great information on there and just a top, top guy. So tune in, have a listen, see what Andrew's been getting up to. We chat to him about the future of the channel and everything else and how he got into to thinking about the YouTube channel and making this thing happen and become a reality. It's cool we chat about Nathan, how cool Nathan is, of course, and how good a rider he is and why BKXE actually thinks he's one of the best riders he's ever ridden with. And Brian has been all over the world and has ridden with some of the top riders. So that's such a, such a compliment con for him. Um, so it's a good episode. Tune in, folks. Put your feet up. And I hope you enjoy the show. And all I have to do is welcome Andrew to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Andrew, good evening. Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. How are you, sir? I'm very good, guys. How are you? I am good. I can't complain. Uh, I think the weather's slightly better in Malta than you're getting it in Scotland at the minute. I would say that for every single day of the year, I would suspect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So how's things going? We're going to chat about your YouTube channel, of course, and other things surrounding that because you've done a very cool road trip with people probably know him as BKXC, Brian Kennedy. I want to get into that with you. That looked amazing. I watched a few of your videos and stuff. Very good. Um, And we'll get into a few other things and uh, all that. So it's good to have you on the show. Um, but now you're obviously Scottish. Whereabouts are you from in Scotland? Uh, well, I was born in Stornoway in the Isle of Lewis, which is uh, 
in the <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, basically. Um, but I live in a place called, or just outside Loch Gilphead in Argyll on the west coast. So not too far from Oban. People seem to know where Oban is. Um, mm. So I just say I'm like 40 miles south of Oban. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice area, nice area, man. Um, Yeah, yeah, and like it's cool. And I suppose, what's the biking scene like there? Is it good up around there? Uh, No, right where I am, there's there's some trails have been put in. It's called uh, the Fire Tower Trails at Acknebrek, and it's very, very close to my house. It's it's okay. I mean, you can. It's more of a cross country run, and when they first put it in. The, <laughs> there was a takeoffs with um that you would take off and then you'd be, basically end up landing in the next takeoff for the chumps that it just it was oh. just people that didn't at the time they didn't know what they were doing but um no it, it's better now and we've built some kind of home trails as well but there is no scene whatsoever um I'd have to go to even Oban doesn't have a scene just up the road but it'd be like Fort William. Or Danoon. Danoon's not too far from me, and that's kind of near Glasgow. Those are the places you've got to go to. I've got to go about an hour and a half before I get any decent riding or anywhere that other people are riding anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a terrible place to, to live uh, for for a biking point of view, but actually it's, it's a great place to live overall. Yeah, yeah. So how did you get into mountain biking then? Uh Hmm, that's a difficult one. Um, so I've always ridden bikes, just in general, just any any bike I could get my hands on. Um, and then I kind of, because there isn't much in the way of things to do, uh, I decided to get a, a BMX because that way I could make maybe like a curb. You know, you can make you can do tricks just on the flat, and you can do loads of different things. And then. Uh, I don't know, I think some of my mates didn't really like BMXing, so they then got hardtail mountain bikes. In fact, it was a specialised P1, so like dirt jump street bikes. And then right, yeah. And then it, it kind of just progressed, and I got a specialised P1, and then another mate got one with gears <laughs> in the back, so you could then cycle places. Then his brother got a full suspension bike, and it was just kind of keeping up with, with the mates, and then it just became... Uh, yeah, more mountain biking than it was like riding in the street on a BMX or something like that. So it just kind of steadily developed. Uh, I had no real. I just knew I liked riding bikes. I didn't know what kind of bikes I liked or anything like that. And uh, just turns out I like riding all bikes. But it, it ended up being mountain bikes that I stuck with. Yeah, yeah. And what age were you when you get into the BMX and stuff? Uh, oh, I can't remember. I was. I don't know, thirteen or something. Yeah, yeah. But I just, um, I, I just always rode bikes from like the age of four. My dad uh, took me to the top of a big hill, like a big hill and a steep hill as well. And he told me just before he pushed me, he said, um, he says there's two things could happen here. He goes, you can crash and hurt yourself, or you'll ride a bike straight away. <laughs> Thankfully, it was the second one. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, so <laughs> no mean, balance ways, no nothing. The other way, I'd have been angry. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, 
Uh-huh. So just straight on the two wheels, no balance wheels, no stabilizers, nothing like that. I mean, I had stabilizers, yeah, but right. um, for a short time. And then I think my dad just knew, like, you have, you've just got to commit. So he just took, took them off and just said, you know, this is how it is now. <laughs> I mean, stabilizers are, are the worst invention ever. They're just such a terrible idea. I see the kids nowadays have got these balance bikes and they look a yeah. lot more logical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I suppose they learn to balance, which is the main thing, and then the pedaling can come once you once you can balance. You know, yeah. it's the other way around almost, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Cool. So you got inspired about mountain biking at that stage when you when your guys were getting into mountain biking and you were upgrading your bikes and stuff. Were you watching races? Were you looking at anything in media, reading magazines, anything like that? Yeah. Um, it's MBUK. I used to to buy that and and drool over all the the bikes that we couldn't afford um yeah it was it was quite cool um it was um a, a different time of course where you would you would wait for a magazine to come out you had no idea really what was going to be in it and then when you got it it was that kind of excitement you know not like today where you know there's people there's just content everywhere but yeah so there, back then it was uh, a lot of anticipation and uh, yeah, you got really, really excited about getting a, the new magazine to see what the companies were doing and that no, was good, it was really good. Um, and then racing, again, Fort William is like two hours up the road for me, so uh, well, we remember going to the first one, the first World Cup wow. at Fort William, so uh, once that happened, that kind of uh, cemented <laughs> you know mountain biking in my life yeah it's just uh, and it still is just such an atmosphere so many people go to it and you know when the crowd gets going down the bottom you know it's, it's a it's a great great thing to do um so that really <laughs> really helped <laughs> yeah for sure amazing event definitely and it's cool you you almost need some kind of inspiration to keep you going especially for you where you live you know an hour or so away from trails um is it a trail center you live close to or is it all natural stuff no it's all natural yeah okay. i think the uh yeah i mean fort william might be my nearest trail center but it's not really a typical trail center should we say mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. different <laughs> yeah for sure and that's cool did you find it hard to keep inspired because you lived uh, quite a distance from trails yeah um so I mean, it was a long, long time before we'd actually travel anywhere. Um, didn't really travel anywhere until I had a car myself. So, you know, up until the age of like 17, 18, we never really went anywhere to, to do riding. We just we just built some uh, pathetic jumps in the woods and kind of messed about. It was mainly like a sessioning thing. So, yeah, it wasn't until yeah, 17, 18 before we even traveled anywhere and then yeah for the motivation part it was really difficult because the usual you know we grow up we get cars we get into girls and all different things and mountain biking usually takes a back seat and mm-hmm. I had so many friends went away to university that used to be bikers and they had to sell the bikes in order to <laughs> keep alive and uh, pay Hi pay fees and stuff like that so um 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, motivation actually it just left a few times because maybe I needed the money and then friends weren't riding. So I actually went a good few times, maybe three, four year gaps where I just didn't ride bikes at all. Um, wow. And it's only, I'd go as far to say in the last three years since kind of starting the YouTube channel, I've done more riding in, in this time than I've done in every year leading up to it. In fact, mm-hmm. easily easily mm-hmm. so yeah motivation was definitely a, a problem at the start mm-hmm. yeah it, you know it's crazy to hear um to hear that and that you know there's just something about mountain biking that seems to keep people in it if you know what i mean you never really once you start it you never really leave it um, yeah. you know it's crazy and the from some of the young people I've had on the podcast that are real, real fast, real good racing, re- doing really, really well. You know, they've they done lots of other sports at school, but mountain biking was the thing that just seemed to stick with them for some reason, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's got a little bit of everything, you know. I, I mean, I, I couldn't list them all off the top of my head, but um, for me, it's when I, when I get back out after being away from it for a while, and I maybe just go into my uh, local woods, and it just <laughs> it sounds weird, but I just like being in the woods, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, just it's just you, your bike, and nature, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and that's what it is for me. Like you can't, um, you can never not appreciate that, you know. It's uh, that's what keeps bringing me back. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it, it's. It's definitely the most immersive sport, I think. There's just so much to it. It's so dynamic. There's so many benefits. There's so many variations. You know, you can go and uh, ride the same trail twice, but it, if the conditions are different or the people are different that you're with or the bike's different, then it's essentially a completely new experience. So I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I think I think that's what does it. Yeah, no, definitely. It has so many different elements to it that, that you know, not uh, every day is different, as you say. It's so cool. Yeah, you can't get bored of it. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Impossible. <laughs> All right, so let's have a wee chat about uh, McTrail Rider. That's your YouTube channel. Um, very cool channel, man. I love the quality of your movies and all on there. Um, you're very, very good at it. Um, I really do enjoy watching them. Um, so you started the channel roughly about three years ago, is that right, you said? Uh, yeah. Um, no, actually, it'd be two years ago, sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> it just felt like longer. <laughs> Aye. Um, well, just coming through your, your videos and stuff, um, you've got lots of videos on there, like so there's loads of content for people to get caught up on and stuff if they don't know your channel. But just tell us a wee bit, um, Andrew, about your channel and what your channel's about for the guys that don't know about it. Um, I don't really know myself, to be honest. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mountain biking channel. It's mainly POV. Um, so I basically record from myself um with a gopro and i use a most often i use a chin mount which uh, means that you can essentially see what i see but it's also quite an immersive shot for a uh, whilst i'm riding the bike as well so the way i try to do it is almost so that you're vicariously living through me uh, mm-hmm. when i'm riding a trail and um, that's the kind of 
the the semi-conscious effort I make when I'm riding to, to make sure that if it's maybe somewhere you've not been before and you're kind of thinking about it, then I'm having a look around and showing you what the surroundings, the weather, uh, and try to make it as if you're actually there yourself. Um, and yeah, it's kind of taken me a good few places now and, and I've had a good few experiences myself and hopefully people watching the videos have had a, an almost as enjoyable experience by watching it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's very cool. And um, so the camera mounts on your chest. Is that, is uh, that no, um, on on my chin bar of the a full face helmet? Really? All right, that's right. cool. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I kind of thought about it. A lot of people shoot um, straight off the top of the helmet, and I feel that whilst you can look around and and see what the the wearer is seeing you don't really get much of a, a shot of the bike and you don't really understand what the bike is doing. Uh, pardon me, when you're on the trail, so you're not getting a a good gauge of, of the trail difficulty. Um, but uh, then you've got the chest mount and then that's like the opposite, so you don't get to see around, but you get a really dynamic shot of the bike itself. So I figured the chin was uh, somewhere in between and that would uh, make for a good shot and I'm pretty happy with the results. Anyway, it seems to mm. seems to be a compromise between the two. No, I think it's the the angle you get is really cool. Um, with the bars, you know, you're always seeing the bike bars, and you get a real, you get more of a sensation. I think of the the level of difficulty and and the terrain you're riding on. So it really works. Yeah. Well, that's that's the target because um, everybody knows the the GoPro just seems to flatten. Oh yeah, dude. When you watch something, and I've been caught out with that as well. So you know, you watch something, you're like, "Oh, that looks dead easy." So you have to make some conscious effort to try and make a trail look at least near to the difficulty that actually is. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it it flattens everything out. Um, Frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, like you see people pushing bikes up hills, and you're like, "Why are they pushing up the hill? (laughs) It's flat." Yeah, yeah. But it ain't flat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, what made you start the uh, channel? What was your main reason for for getting involved? Uh, uh, it's kind of complicated. Um, well, I suppose at the very start, it was uh, my frustration. I actually listened to your uh, podcast with MTB Trail Hub. And it's, okay. it's, the, it's the same reason as he had where he was trying to find videos uh, to get an idea if he wanted to go somewhere and mm. getting frustrated with videos not, you know, just being shaky and small portions of the trail and stuff like that. So I thought, well, I can't remember where it was. I was looking, there was a particular place I wanted to go. Uh, it might even have been uh, Glen Tress, which is quite a famous trail centre in Scotland. And I, and I couldn't really find anything that was watchable or kind of give me any idea of what to do. So then I just started researching cameras and, uh, you know, a few different things. And at that point, the gimbal was just a, a new thing. And I thought, well, I'll try that. That'll hold the camera steady. So, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. Um, yeah, and then people started liking it. Uh, I wasn't expecting anything. I just thought, well, I'll put a video up so that at least there is a video that can be watched. Mm-hmm. People said, started saying stuff like, oh, you know, this is so good. Finally, I can actually see 
what the trail's like. And I was like, is is the exact comments I was kind of, you know, the exact reasons that I done it for. People were kind of uh, appreciating that, and I was like, okay, didn't really think about people commenting. And then, uh, yeah, they were like, oh, you should do some more. And then more people started, and I was like, okay, I might actually be on to something here. And it just kind of snowballed. And now <laughs> I feel I've got so many people expecting videos, I don't stop. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool, man. And it's good when it grows like that, I think, as well. You know, you're not expecting anything from it. It's just a natural growth of the thing. I think that's yeah, when it works the best. I think it's quite organic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there, there is a more complicated story that I don't want to go too deep into, but uh, my dad developed cancer just at the the kind of the start of the channel as well and unfortunately he's not here anymore because of that answer so it was it was kind of um also to take my mind off that um and then my dad would watch the videos as well when he's in hospital so it was like that kind of kept me going and then i felt like i kind of built it like something started when something finished so that is that's why i can't stop to be honest that's uh a bit yeah. of a Saturday, but that's uh, that's just how it is sometimes. I yeah, and I'm I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's never a nice thing, of course. No. <laughs> um, but you know, fair play. You've kept it going. Um, you've kept up with it, and um, I'm sure it was giving your father enjoyment there as well. Yeah, well, that that was the the good thing because he did see a lot of the videos, and he knew that I was gonna. Uh, carrying on with life rather than getting too too down about him. So mm-hmm. he he basically said like the best thing you can do is have you know enjoy your life. Show me that you're having a good time, and uh, he says that's enough for me. So I kind of did that. Um, yeah, beautiful again, man. And then of course, it, yeah, I mean it kind of is beautiful, really. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it makes it makes me happy to think that you know that's kind of what he. You know, he, he enjoyed it, and I'm doing something that that he can agreed with. You know, mm-hmm. so, but yeah. it's also also mountain biking's great fun, so it's, <laughs> it's it's a win-win. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So your channel's getting very popular. You've uh, over twenty-three thousand subscribers, and for yeah. starting it just to put one video up there, that's pretty good going, huh? Yeah, yeah. I would have never expected uh, to reach what I have. It's uh, yeah, still it's, weird. It's still weird for me. Ah, it's, it's. I know. I can understand that. It's a strange one. Um. So at this time, are you working nine to five, or is the YouTube thing a full time gig for you? Uh, we're right at uh, a turning point. Um. So. Uh. This is this is more complicated than you might have thought. So it's gonna, it's gonna get <laughs> so. Uh, when my dad passed away uh, there was some inheritance money and uh, with that I bought a a camper van and I had enough money to try and take a risk so that's when I started travelling in a camper van and I thought well I'm going to try and make YouTube my career because uh, joinery I've done that (laughs) I've done enough Mm -hmm. of that I want to try something different so um, so yeah, I mean the first, uh, the first year almost. Uh, I can't remember. The time just 
just escapes me. But for a long time, I was working and then going out, riding my bike at the weekend, editing the video, and then go back to work. Yeah, eight, eight to five, five days a week. So I managed to do both. And then it was for my birthday last year, I decided, right, I'm not going to do normal work anymore. I'm going to try and do YouTube full time. And up until this Monday coming, I'm going back to work because mm. uh, ultimately I- I'm making money. It's doing all right. And I think it will work eventually, but I'm having to go back to work just now, uh, only three days a week. So going back part time, which is the first time I've ever done that. And uh, hopefully at some point uh, in the next six months to 12 months, I can try and uh, go back out in the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's difficult, isn't it? it it's that Catch-22 type thing where, you know, you're at a level where you kind of need to be almost working on the YouTube channel full-time, but you, you just can't <laughs> afford it at this minute and time, so you need to you, you need to work. And whether the work's your side, your kind of side gig, or the YouTube channel's your side gig, you yeah. kind of have to try and balance them, huh? I'm definitely thinking of it as work is my side gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, it's, it's back to the place that I worked before. My boss said there's always a job for you here. So I'm quite lucky that way. And uh, he's pretty flexible on the on the hours as well. So, I mean, uh, what I've told him is if there is an exceptionally good weather day and it happens to fall during the week, I'll be taking that day off. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. so, the weather is obviously the the main defining factor for mountain biking in the UK. So mm-hmm. if I can get that, then we're good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got the, the YouTube thing to a, a point where, you know, I'm subsidized quite heavily. So bills are all paid at home by default. So, I mean, that's a, a great place to be. So whatever I work at is uh, then money to go back into the channel or go travel and make more videos. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's cool. And I know you use Patreon um, to monetize the channel. Yeah. Um, And I'm not sure if Patreon's just such a big thing in the UK as it is in the States. It seems to be very popular in the States. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, but it just doesn't seem to be as popular here. But basically, it's a way people can support you. The I'm sure you have different tiers, have you, of, of what people can pay per month to support you to get videos and extra content and stuff like that. Tell us a wee bit about it. Uh, it's a complicated one, yeah. You're right. It's far more popular in America. I think it is an American platform. Mm. Um, so uh, as, a, as a UK resident trying to... You know, make people aware of it. It's uh, it's difficult because I mean, I certainly hadn't heard of it until uh, BKXC came along. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. a patron of his actually <laughs> since almost the start, so uh, that's how I knew about it. Um, it's essentially a platform where you can sh- like creative types. Unbelievably, I'm a creative type apparently, but it could be anyone from musicians to artists to authors or whatever. Uh, it's a way for you to pledge uh, a certain amount of money per month, um, usually quite low, mine are $1 and $3, and for that you get extra content over what you would on YouTube or whatever other platform that creator chooses to use. So for me, it's um, I think I've got 
263 patrons at the moment. And wow, wow. Yeah, that's not bad. Percentage-wise, for my uh, to my subscribers, actually, actually quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they they help. They are, in fact, if it wasn't for Patreon, like the channel wouldn't exist. There'd be no point in doing it because even now I'm spending more money than I earn. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if nobody was, if I wasn't earning any money, then I'd just be uh, bankrupt by now. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone that supports me on there is is the reason why I can still keep going. Because uh, YouTube, everyone, it's, it's funny because YouTube, everyone's like, oh, you must make a fortune on YouTube. And then other people like, nobody really knows how much you make on YouTube. And the answer is next to nothing. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's it's not a good platform, but it's amazing the, the different um, perceptions people have of it. Of course, you can make a, a lot of money if um, you know if, if you get millions and millions of views, but that's, that's yeah. not what's happening for me anyway. No, and I know it doesn't happen for a lot of people, to be honest. Maybe Joe Rogan, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but were you speaking to to BKXC Brian about it when he when when you was hooked up? Because Brian seems to do quite well from it. We, when I, I had him on the podcast, uh, but well, back quite. Episode twenty eight, I had Brian on. Just checking it yeah. there. Twenty eight, yeah, back in the day. But he seems to do quite well. Did you chat to him about it, or? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, YouTube talk and Patreon talk. Um, there wasn't, unfortunately, there wasn't any, you know, one thing you could tell me that would revolutionise <laughs> anything for me. Is mm-hmm. unfortunately, as just stick at it make sure you mention Patreon on, on your YouTube channel so that people know about it uh, and make sure you're offering uh, plenty extra, you know, so that people are getting their, their worth, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of hoping you'd just say, ah, you just need to do this and that'll get you this amount extra subs or whatever, but <laughs> there is no formula. It um, doesn't stop, stop us uh, talking about it and trying to, to suss it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think... When I was chatting to Brian about it, I know he was saying that what he felt the difference was at, at that time. Anyway, he was just himself. He was just a general, an average Joe out riding his bike, you know, and yeah. he, his personality probably came across better than what was available at the time and, and yeah. stuff like that. So it was very more personal and more relatable to the audience. Well, I think um, Brian probably wouldn't have mentioned this himself, but I, I would say he's the kind of pioneer, actually, of this whole genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, Nate Hills, who's a yeah. kind of pro-level rider, and he was just filming his rides uh, to a high quality, but he wasn't saying anything. There was no storyline. Um, still very watchable enjoyable, but Brian seen a seen an opportunity I thought well actually the, nobody's doing a vlog and mountain biking mm-hmm. you know and then he realised well actually the, this setup, the setup that he just about still uses you know he can talk whilst going down a trail he can um, you know he can narrate he can you know make it more of a, an immersive experience and you know I think he was the first one to, to say that you know the first one to think right okay I'll give that a go and I, I think that's Part of his success was the fact that he was the the first one to really think, right, there's something here, and he just made it work. Yeah. And obviously that's been 
reflected in his numbers and his popularity. So yeah, I, I would say I'd say he's the pioneer of of what I do. Yeah, no, it's it's very cool. Um, and yeah, and it's it's weird because you know he's not even been at it that long. You know what I mean? And no. I think he just done it right. I think he spent a bit of dough, got the right kind of camera gear, got the gimbal, got all that sort of, and it was watchable because a lot of the earlier ones, you couldn't watch them. After two or three minutes, you actually feel ill just with there's yeah. so much movement, you know? Like my early stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think what you're doing on your channel now is very good. You come across really well. And um, yeah, I think it'll just grow and grow, man. I really do. I really do. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. It's been um, steady. If it keeps steady, that's good enough for me. Aye, cool, man. Cool. Now, let's chat a little bit. I want to touch on this just a little bit because I know it's not all fun and riding and stuff. You have to edit. You have to do all that stuff, and I know that takes time. Um, yeah. When you put out a show, let's say, 15, 20 minutes long, how much time do you actually spend You know, going through footage, editing, getting it ready for YouTube? How, how much dedication and time does that take? Uh, the the simple answer I would put is for every hour I ride my bike I'm an hour editing you know it's um, yeah so like if I do a full day's riding there's a full day's editing uh, uploading making thumbnails uh, descriptions links all that it's it's another full day so yeah it's like 50-50 almost I would say and that kind of Again, the the whole YouTube perception thing. Some people, maybe maybe some of my younger uh, viewers will th- think they just think, you know, that that video was from that day, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, oh, you should go here next, and it's like, but the reality is that video was maybe from three weeks ago, and it took me, you know, it took me another day or so to edit and upload it and get it ready, and then I've got to have some videos in the you know in the back burner um which i've run out of at the moment to be honest but uh yeah there is i'd say it's like 50 50 you know for every every hour i ride i'm editing um yeah that's fine it kind of it means that it, there's a bit of variety and there's there's uh different things to look forward to i just don't like doing too much editing in a row because uh, i'm not built for sitting at a computer screen <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It certainly takes it takes a lot of dedication to do it. It's not as easy as people think. It takes time. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a reason. I mean, YouTube, YouTube in general. You know, there's a huge percentage of people have tried to 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 do what I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, but then there's only some of them have done it. You know, it's a very small proportion of people that actually make it work. And usually that's not from a lack of commitment or hard work or anything like that, but it's a lack of just sticking at it. Mm-hmm. And I think I think a lot of people get disheartened when they, you know, it took me, oh, I can't remember now. It, it, you know, the first the first hundred subscribers are the hardest you'll you'll have to get. Then the first thousand, you know, and then after you get past ten thousand, which is no no mean feat at all then it starts to kind of pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to have the dedication to get to a thousand subscribers and that might take you six months to a year. And it's, uh, 
yeah, it can. <laughs> so it's it's not easy, and that that's why a lot of people have tried it, but not everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's not. People think it's a you know a get rich quick scheme type thing. <laughs> you know, that's the perception oh, it has. You can't go in with that mentality because you're just gonna. <laughs> it's uh-huh. disappointing. Yeah, and I think it's. It's the same as the podcasting world. I think the oh, yeah. average, yeah, like um, I don't make a penny from the podcast, but the average amount of people that do podcasts get to episode seven, and yeah. then they and then they quit when they realise how much time it actually takes to put one out there. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 very similar actually. I suspect, um, and it, it, it's all too easy to underestimate the work that goes into it, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously you've stuck at it and you're making it work, but there'll be another 20, 30 people who tried and failed. Yeah, that's no. it. That's it. So, I, I feel, I feel there's a few similarities. It's, uh, it's not too far off. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is something that I'm, I'm quite interested in. And when you go out for a ride, you've got your camera on and stuff. You're obviously thinking, okay, I need to film this for the, for the channel. I need to do this, I need to be common. And do you ever go out and ride and just think, you know what, I, I just don't want to take my camera gear with me. I'm riding today and I'm forgetting about the channel. Do you ever get to that kind of stage? Uh, contradictory, no. No, I actually, I find that, um, for me anyway, uh, it, it's what motivates me to do it. You know, and... Um, Okay, sometimes a, a struggle. Maybe, maybe the the bike ride isn't particularly interesting, and I'm thinking to myself, "How am I going to make this interesting? What am I going to say?" And for me, it's always better to take the camera, record, and try and make a video, and then at the risk of at the end of the day saying, "Do you know what? It's not a good enough video. I just won't use it." But mm-hmm. I'd rather have that option than just go out and not ride. Um, no, I, I like. Um, I really enjoy making the videos on the trails, um, and I never feel it's a a burden or a, a detriment. I don't, I don't feel a hassle to do it. I actually really enjoy that part. Um, yes, it's very, very rare that I ride uh, without making a video mm-hmm. or without filming it anyway. There will be odd times where I'll just say, "Well, do you know what? That's that's not a good video, so I'm just not going to put it out." But I mean, that's like one in every fifty, or maybe even a hundred. I don't know. I've only done it like three times, and I've not used a video. So yeah, yeah, and it's one of those, it's one of those scenarios when you, the day you don't film it is the day something really interesting will happen. Exactly, and I couldn't live with that. <laughs> to think to think that you know. It's like uh, it's like if you play the lottery and you use the same numbers, you can't stop because uh-huh. if those numbers ever come up, <laughs> you'll be like, "Those are the numbers I used to play," yeah. <laughs> which is why I don't play the lottery. But um, yeah, I just feel that if I wasn't recording, something could happen. You just never know. So you as well, you as well trying to capture it. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true, and it's always sod's law, you know. You know something. Oh, yeah. Something yeah, yeah. crazy would never. So, Sod's law gets me for most things, so I'm not going to let it get me for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, cool. Um, so let's chat about uh, your recent trip. So you were on a road trip with BKXC Brian Kennedy. Um, yeah. How did that all come about? Uh, uh, well, it 
it started way back in like February of this year, I think. So I went out to Spain last uh, winter. I went from uh, what was it? Yeah, Halloween <laughs> to uh, the end of March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the thirty first of October till the first of April, I think it was. And uh, so I was out there, just kind of winging it, and a lot of things just kind of manifested. I uh, spent some time in Einsa, then somebody in Madrid got in touch, and I went to Madrid. Then when I was in Madrid, somebody in Altea got in touch, and then when I was in Altea, he's like, well, I've got a mate that does guide in, in the Sierra Nevada, and I was like, okay, I'll go there. And then before I got to the Sierra Nevada, then another company got in touch saying, well, we, we can offer you this, and the Flabres and then uh, Nathan McComb uh, was a friend of the guy in Sierra Nevada and it all just kind of manifested and and worked out and I ended up riding with loads of different people and loads of different companies and each place I had in my head I was like I wonder if if BKXC would like this because I'd already ridden with uh, BKXC for a couple of days in Scotland all right okay it wasn't enough for me. <laughs> I wanted to, you know, he's he's the the kind of holy grail for what we do. So I wanted to spend more time with him, and of course, obviously, have his uh, subscribers aware of me as well. It's you know, it's a business after all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought to myself, right, I wonder if he'd like to come to this place. So every place I went, every guiding company I went with in Spain, kind of roughly ran the idea past him. I said, well, if if I could come back here with somebody else. Uh, and then I mentioned his subscriber count on YouTube and stuff like that, and they're like, yeah, we could do that. And then, so I kind of got it all kind of roughly in place, and then I contacted Brian, sent him a, quite a, a long, detailed email, and said, of all these places, and he's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. And he'd already booked with uh, Basque MTV in the Pyrenees, in the north north of Spain, so... He'd booked there for the first week in October, and I was like, right, well, uh, book your flight out of Malaga <laughs> at the end of October, uh, and we'll go on a road trip. And then it kinda, then I had to get back to all these people and saying, see, when you said you'd take this guy, are you definitely going to do it? Because <laughs> I've invited him out. <laughs> Luckily, they all said yes, and so that was it. I had three weeks all lined up. Uh, and we've now now done it somehow. You know, it was like six months in in the making, and and now somehow you know, click your fingers and that's it. It's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, crazy. And you were kind of staying in your camper van between resorts and things, were you? Uh, no, um, we travelled in the van, uh, but luckily every place we went could accommodate Brian in some way. So. Uh, we just used the the camper for traveling. I stayed in the camper van for most of the places, but um, Brian was lucky enough to have somewhere to stay. Uh, I also had my girlfriend was out with us as well, so uh, yeah, it wouldn't mm-hmm. have worked. It wouldn't have worked in the camp, but it's not big enough. Yeah, um, were these places were they kind enough to put you up for free or to guide you for free? Were they, were they able to do that for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Truth be told, I've never paid for a guided trip in my life, wow. uh, and I don't, I don't plan on doing it now either. Um, but, but I mean, it's it's totally fair. I mean, what we're offering them is exposure to, mm-hmm. to uh, a, a wider audience, and certainly for some of the the guys in uh, Spain, 
there's a few of them, and there's only really Basque MTB are kind of killing it. You know, they've got so many clients. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't they don't need our help. I, they, I mean, most of them don't need our help, but uh, certainly when I went back down, uh, the guys at each place were basically saying, "Yeah, we've had uh, several bookings off the back of your videos." You know, so that's it's a no-brainer for them, isn't it? Yeah, it's very cool. So it's it's good it's good because if you work out uh, how much money's worth of free guiding I've had, it's uh, it's ridiculous, you know. So mm. you know, if, if nothing else comes from this whole venture, I mean that's uh, that's a fantastic thing, you know. And these are these are all fantastic guiding companies, and we've got amazing trails, and the the riding that we've done has just been next level. And I'll forever remember that last trip we went on because. Yeah, you just can't get much better, you know. I mean, there's other countries, of course, but it's just, um, yeah, next level. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I still yeah. have to pinch myself that it all happened. Ah, it's cool. The fact that, you know, I'm in a position where I can get these things. So forever grateful for that. Yeah, amazing. And who was Brian to ride with? Um, he's a good rider, eh? He is a very good rider, and he's... Uh, a lot better than I than I thought, to be honest. No, no kind of discredit to him. Um, the problem was when we rode in Scotland. Well, number one, it was uh, over a year before this, so obviously he's progressed in that time. Uh, but we also rode uh, the top chief in Fort William, which is the alternative to doing the downhill World Cup track. It's a very very serious trail, and it's mm. one of the ones that I've ridden a few times. So Brian was kind of, uh, he was up for it, but he was uh, probably, in his own words, he'd say he was kind of a wee bit out of his depth. He'd done everything, but he was, uh, it's a scary trail, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So I never really got to see him uh, ride properly there, because it wasn't a conventional trail. And then we'd done a big uh, out out in the back country, pardon me, in the Highlands, and it wasn't a conventional trail either. So I never really got to see Brian ride, you know, in a normal way. Uh, so then when we got to Basque and we went out on the first day and I'm following him down this more conventional trail and he's on a bike that he knows. And I'm like, Oh, right. Okay. This, this guy can really ride a bike. And I'm like, <laughs> um, because in my head I had this like, well, I just thought, well, I'm better. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a better rider than Brian. I've got more experience. I'm maybe a bit faster. And then I rode the first trail and we're like halfway down. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to rethink things here. He's really bloody quick and he's, you know, he's he's having fun in the trail and he's popping around and hopping off things. And it's like, okay, he's got a lot better. <laughs> it's like, yeah. start worrying. But thankfully, uh, yeah, there was many trails that we were, you know, he's he's better in, in some areas uh, than I am and vice versa and, and our bikes are different suited, but Overall, we're kind of much the same. It was great. It's it's perfect actually because it's nice to follow someone and be followed by someone who's at a similar level to yourself, especially when you're making videos. Yeah, no, it works well in the videos, and I love the way you've done the videos. You know, Brian done one one trip, you done the next one, Brian done yeah. the next one, and you that was very cool. Whose idea was that? Uh, that was Brian's. Um, it's it's a great idea because. Uh, well, it's great for me because he's obviously got a significant amount more subscribers and viewers than I have, and it means that he's telling them all 
to go over to my channel to watch. So it's given it's given me much more exposure. But I think the idea of it for Brian was not to, um, you know, if we're both doing a video from the same day, it kind of dilutes the experience, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a chance that people might get fed up. So, you know, we were basically uh, to and fro and we're putting out four videos a week. So that means that it's a, as a viewing experience on YouTube, it's over quite quick and it's quite intense. Whereas the alternative way is, is to really drag out kind of diluted vid- videos. So, yeah, I think that was the best way to do it. And I'm glad he kind of suggested that. Yeah, no, it's very cool. And it's so cool of somebody like that to do that as well. Eh? Yeah, exactly. Because there's no two ways about it. The gain for me is far bigger than for him, you know. It's mm. uh, proportionate wise, you know, there's not there's only so many uh, so much exposure I can bring to him, but he, he can bring so much to me and he has, so it's mm, uh, very good. It's it was very kind of him. Yeah, very cool. Worked out. Nice. Now you were with uh, Nathan McComb uh Enduro Malaga. Mm-hmm. And thanks to Nathan, um, Nathan got in contact after you'd been out with him and said, look, I need to get you on the, the podcast because he really enjoyed riding with you and stuff like that. So big thumbs up to Nathan for organizing this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I also noticed on one of your videos, he was even wearing an M- MTB Tribe t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so very, very cool. Uh, how did you find the experience with Nathan? As, as Nathan's brilliant. Um He's, uh, I mean, we ride with a lot of uh, competent riders, but Nathan, uh, his skill level is just, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just uh, ridiculous. He's so good. He's a great laugh. He's got a, a sense of humour, uh, more more aligned to my own. Um, yeah, it just, it's just a, a great guy to ride with, uh, just for, for having a laugh and, um in fact, uh, Brian actually said, VKXC, he said uh, to Nathan, I think it was after the first day, he just says, you are hands down the best guide I've ever followed, uh, f- purely for the fact that he rides at the absolute perfect speed. He gauges um, you know, your ability and what you can do, and he somehow seems to ride at exactly the right pace. Because mm-hmm. uh, Nathan was leading on, a, on these uh, trails, Usually he follows at the back to make sure everyone's fine because he's the only guide, but uh, he was out front for us to kind of give us something else to film and to give us an idea of where to go. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's just just a very, very good guide. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a good lad, and um, I had him on the podcast in episode 50. Um, because obviously, he's from my kind of neck of the woods. Yeah, uh, I listened to that one. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. He was at a wedding here he came home at one stage for one of his friends weddings here and uh there's footage of him in the car park with his suit on suit and tie you know oh, i've seen that i think I've seen have that. you seen that and he's pop he's popping a wheelie with one hand and you know <laughs> just unbelievable man the guy <laughs> the guy was born with a bike i think <laughs> yeah uh, i went through the passive yeah I, he's the only uh, way he can be that good. There's no, there's no way he can just work on something and <laughs> yeah. it's got, it's got to be something un, unobtainable. Otherwise, I'm just, 
not that good. <laughs> Aye, well, you know, it, what I'm finding out by doing the podcast is, and what, when I'm speaking to all these young guys that are very fast and very capable on bikes, they all, well, not all, but a lot of them come from a trials background. Yeah. You know, so they have the skill on the bike. They can bounce things around. They can go upstairs. They can bunny hop over big rocks. They can do yeah. all these tricks. And then once they go on a mountain bike, boh, it's just crazy to watch. Yeah, I, I think that that's a very true statement there. I, I think um, I think trials is a very good place to come from. Um, you're you're getting fundamental uh, techniques and balance, you know, and that's well. I mean, that that's your building blocks for for mountain mm-hmm. biking. So if you've got those things down, then you're off to a good start. I mean, that was um, I kind of you know I, I kind of done a wee bit of BMX, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't proper. You know, I never done mm-hmm. that well, but I, I did feel that the the precision that you needed uh, on a BMX really translated over to the mountain bike, and it made you a bit more precise and uh, a bit more control. Because if you just jump onto a full suspension bike nowadays, the bikes are so capable that um, you can ride one with little skill. You'll get mm-hmm. in trouble. But um, <laughs> you can do it. So I think uh, I think learning on on a trials bike or a BMX or something like that would definitely be the route that I would recommend. You know, and yeah. Nathan's a good example of that. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Now let's chat a wee bit about the bike you're riding because you're on a, a DV8. Yeah. Um, and I watched your video with the DV8 versus Evil. So you've come off an Evil, is that correct? Yeah. So that video was actually um, when I last came back from Spain um, and I was riding an Evil The Calling, which is a 130mm 650B trail bike. And uh, I was riding trails that I shouldn't have been doing and that thing, but that's the bike I had. So, mm-hmm. um, Well, here's a, here's a scoop for you. I approached Evil. Uh, no, sorry. Evil approached me and offered some kind of help. Um, mm. I was like, brilliant, you know, because I, I love the bike. Uh, I've still got it. Um, and I was like, this is great. You know, this is unheard of. Evil don't really do this. Uh, long story short, Evil don't do that. They just <laughs> just messed me about for like three months and uh, really nothing came of it. And that would be, I, I could live with that if um, if I was the one that contacted them, but mm-hmm. they contacted me and, and were offering to kind of help me out and just just nothing came of it so i was kind of kind of a bit uh i'm allowed to swear on this aren't i <laughs> i well i can edit it out if it's <laughs> well, I, I was i was pissed off uh-huh. uh, to say the least um and yeah so that was just before i was kind of coming home anyway and then i met up with one of my uh patrons uh to ride in uh the Peak District, and he had a deviate, and he said, uh, "Do you want a shot?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, give us a shot." And uh, I went down this. Well, you've you've seen the video, but I, I went down this uh, like fast, bumpy path, and I was like, "I don't, I don't feel these bumps. Like mm-hmm. you know, like my legs would be getting knocked about on on my normal bike, and it you know there'd be a lot. You you definitely feel the trail." And uh, this thing, I could feel the trail, but I wasn't getting any pedal kickback. And uh, I was just like, I was going so much faster as well. And I was like, 
wow, I could have done with this for the last six months. And uh, uh, David, the, the owner of the bike, he's like, well, give TV a shout. It's just, just two guys, and they're really sound. He said, you'll get a response. And he, he said, I, I'd give them a shout. I think they might be keen. So next day, I sent an email, uh, and what a day or two later, I got an email back, and it was positive. And then I was like, "Well, can, can I can I just phone you because I'm I'm terrible with uh, writing emails and stuff." And I thought would it be alright just to phone? He's like, "Yeah, that's what I'd prefer." So it was uh, Ben Jones, and mm-hmm. spoke directly to him. Um, he'd seen a couple of videos with BKXC. <laughs> this is all a small world <laughs> scenario. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, because obviously Ben does guiding as well, and he was he does guiding in Scotland as well. So some of the mm-hmm. the places I've been, are some of the places that he likes to go for his guided trips, and uh, so yeah, he already kind of knew, you know, the fact that I was Scottish as well kind of helped because Deviate is now a, a Scottish registered company. Their new bike is called the Highlander. Ben's Scottish as well. Uh, Although Chris, the designer, he's the he's the main man behind it all. He's from Bristol, but um, yeah, they they just got it. You know, it was just like, yep, he says we we've uh, we can we can get you a bike, and uh, then we thought, right, okay, um, what's the best way to do this? And he goes, well, he says I'm I'm in the country. And he's like, do you want to do a ride? And I was like, okay. I said, can we do a mountain? He's like, oh yeah, that would be brilliant. So we went up the top of one of the Monroes in the in between us. And uh, I rode the bike down, and then I've kept the bike ever since. Wow. <laughs> it's just uh, a fairy tale, a fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. And I had Ben on the on the podcast, and this was back early days, episode 15. Yeah. Uh, but we were chatting about his, his MTB adventures more than the bike, and we couldn't chat about the bike at that time because yeah, it, yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't even released then. But um, yeah, very interesting bike. Uh, how do you find the the pinion gearbox on it? I mean, there's pros and cons. It's not um... so. What it does is it really polarizes people, and it, and it puts a lot of people off buying the bike just because it has a gearbox. Which I mean, I don't even own the company, and it really annoys me. <laughs> so I make sure that I I let people know the the pros and cons. So. Um, Probably the wor- I'll start with the bad things. Uh, probably the worst thing about it is there's there's quite a lot of free play in the the crank before it actually engages. So if you okay. get caught between a spline on the on the freewheel and the gearbox, there's a there's a good bit of movement before you get the engagement. That's only really a problem on like a technical climb or something like that. But it it kind of annoys you uh, every now and then, and then. Yeah, so that's that's the bad thing. <laughs> Everything else is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a suspension platform, where you you take that weight off the back wheel and you put it to the center of the bike, uh, what that does for suspension is just unbelievable. Um, it is and, and armed with the high pivot as well. It's honestly the the best descending bike I've ever ridden. Um, and I've I've listened to your podcast with uh, Sean Grizzly Mano Diaries, mm-hmm. and basically what he says, I I agree. I mean, it's it is a downhill bike that you can cycle back up the hill. It's uh, it's just incredible, and you just can't convey uh, into words how how good it is. You know, there's no 
Well, so I'll put it this way. When I tried it for the first time and I'd just come off the back of my Evil the Calling uh, and I jumped onto to the Deviate, I didn't realise what, like, pedal kickback. It was just something that I'd always heard about or read about. Everyone's on about pedal kickback, pedal kickback. And I was like, that's not a problem. I'm like, What's pedal kickback? I've never experienced that. And then I rode the Deviate, which has no pedal kickback. And I was like, oh, right. Oh, that's much better. And then I realised just how bad pedal kickback is. And it's like it's something that you didn't realise was a problem until it's taken away and you're like, Oh, that's much better. You know, so there's there's so many Yeah, I mean for going down the hill, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, and it's been uh, it's been very reliable for me as well. Uh I think uh, Ben and Chris when I last seen they changed the uh the gear cables which is it's a it's a, a more complicated job but uh they done it for me and there wasn't really any problems it was just they they went to use the grip shift and like oh, that's getting a bit tight we'll we'll put some new cables in it and then uh shock bushing and that's it mm-hmm. Other, uh, the bike's been untouched and i've i've uh, i've given it a bit of a hard time shall we say it's, it's just taken it all yeah it's cool man um they look very very cool and i don't think i've heard a bad review on one of them to be honest um yeah i think uh bike radar had one i watched that video without knowing who deviate were or ben jones or anything like that at the time and uh his complaint was almost that it just kind of uh diluted the trail down like it made the trail too easy <laughs> uh, for most which, people that won't be a problem yeah I mean if you're wanting to go fast or not be fatigued but I think that kind of annoyed uh, Ben and Chris a wee bit because it's it depends how you set the shock up I mean yeah. it, it comes with uh, well mine's got a King Creek double barrel inline or something I can't remember what it's called <laughs> but it's, it's a quite a good shock and it's got so much adjustment you can make it poppy and lively if you want or you can make it like a, a downhill bike you, you know, so just depends how you get it set up. But um, yeah, no, I mean, when I read about it, uh, I agree with most of the stuff. Uh, the, the main thing is just getting your head around the gearbox. You just, yeah, that, that I mean, that's the only thing. But it, it's mm-hmm. it's just different. You know, it's it's not better or worse. It's just different, and people don't like change. Apparently, and that's uh, frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I'm certainly, once I get an opportunity, I'll certainly give one a go. It's one of my go-to kind of bikes that I'm, I'm looking for. I need a new bike, so when I get yeah. back home, that's something I'll be looking well, at, for sure. It's, it's definitely a bike you want to demo to make sure. And you'll need you'll need an hour anyway just to see, to get at least get to the gear, used to the gearbox in some way, because that's maybe the, the, the biggest learning curve, but mm-hmm. it is a learning curve. But having said that, they've got a new bike coming out, which isn't a gearbox, so you might want to walk off. <laughs> Hi, interesting. Very interesting. All right. Cool. Uh, what other gear do you use that uh, you wouldn't leave home with without? A lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when we're traveling in the camper van, there's a... Oh, I just, I just got so much kit. Um, so I can't, I can't go without the computer. Because I need to edit on the road. Um, can't go without the GoPros, but got two Hero Sevens. I've just got the Hero Eight as well. It's a new one. 
Uh, I've got a hero four that goes in the gimbal if I decide I'm going to use the gimbal. Um, got a drone, uh, wow. which I need I need to use more often, but uh, that whole road trip it just didn't really uh, mm-hmm. work out because we're obviously to schedules and, and and going in trips and and uplifts and stuff. It doesn't kind of gets in the way. But I'm trying to I'm going to try and use that a bit more when I'm making videos myself. Um, yeah, I've got the obviously the bike. Um, yeah, but I mean, actually, stuff that I carry on me. Most of it's just like stuff I have in reserve in the camper because I don't mm-hmm. want to be at the house on the way. Um, but actual stuff I carry on me is usually just a camera on the chin, and and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good. I like simplicity. It's nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> yeah what other gear are you using that you really like you know do you really like the shoes you're using or the backpack or um so uh i'm always changing stuff <laughs> that's the problem i've got just as well my girlfriend isn't here because she'd be laughing at me for all the bags i've got <laughs> i'm constantly changing my mind on those things um uh, so there's a couple of things that kind of stand out that are that I just couldn't be without now. Um, and although I film from the chin of obviously a full face helmet, I got a POC tactile helmet, which is like a, an enduro open face helmet. Mm-hmm. And I know this sounds stupid, but it's an expensive helmet. And I spent an entire day going around, I think four different bike shops. And I was just trying all these different helmets on. And I just could not find one that, that felt right or sat right. And even ones that I thought in my head that I'd read about that I thought would be really good, they just weren't. And I tried this POC tactile helmet and I put it on and it was it was like a glove. And it was light and it was beautiful and it fit so well. But it was, it was the most expensive helmet that I'd seen by far. And I was mm. like, oh man, so... But I bought it and I've not regretted it at all. So my POC tactile helmet is is probably my favourite bit of equipment at the moment. Uh, and that, um, although I do film from the chin of a full face helmet, if I'm not, <laughs> I wish they had a full face version of it. That'd be great. But um, that's the one thing that I really do enjoy. And then my backpack is a that's my other favourite thing. It's a, a Krieger. It's actually a, a motorbike. Uh, backpack and it uses mm-hmm. like a, a, a you know the the Uswe or the Uswe uh, bags that they've got like that kind of X shape at the front and they clip together on the chest oh but right okay yeah yeah they were kind of like uh, Krieger have been doing that for years and years and they've got like a kind of parachute clip at the front and I'm a huge fan of that because it's it's just so comfortable and it puts whatever is on your back uh, it doesn't hurt your back it just puts the weight in your chest and it just sits so good so that's something that i really enjoy to use um that's that's one thing i wouldn't really be without Mm -hmm. interesting no it's good it's good gear now are you still riding flats you were talking about going clipless for a while there yeah there was just um well with brian being on the whole trip and he clips in and just seeing some of the the things he was doing with the bike that 
you know, just hopping and popping over everything. And a lot of it was, uh, you know, being clipped in as a benefit for that. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, Nathan also clips in and you can see what he can do as well. So I was thinking, I mean, I've, I've always ridden flats. I have not even, not, uh, you know, a, a clipless shoe has never even touched my foot. I've not, ne- I just don't know anything about them. I've never ridden with them. But to be honest, it'd be a, a good video, you know. A guy that's, you know, he's 33, he's been riding since he was four, <laughs> and he's never <laughs> touched SPDs. But mm-hmm. I, I think I think I just could end up in a lot of trouble. I think I, I uh, you know, the way, the way I take my feet off the pedals is second nature, and I don't think it could ever be anything other than second nature for that way. And to add in SPDs is... A, just a totally different way so it could lead to a crash but i know that there's benefits you know i know that there's definitely benefits of doing it especially if you're riding kind of big distances or, or cro- uh, yeah cross country or trail center stuff especially in a shorter travel bike you know hardtails you know it makes a lot of sense to clip in a hardtail because you can actually get the power down without your feet bouncing off so mm. i don't know i don't know I, i'm i'm nervous about it but yeah I think think it is something that i'm just gonna have to try for the sake of trying it and knowing <laughs> but it, i mean it's like the whole the whole gearbox thing you know so i was slagging people well not slagging people but i was criticizing saying people are scared to change and they don't want to try a gearbox well here's me uh i'm scared and i don't want to i don't want to change yeah uh, even although i know it might be better mm-hmm. so, yeah it's an interesting one watch this space ah oh, very good very good um so Andrew, before I let you go there, uh, is there anything you've planned for the channel for the near future? Any future trails planned? Anything like that? Um. So now, so, so now that I'm back home and I'm kind of working again, uh, I think I'm going to focus a bit more on the UK, which uh, mm-hmm. is, is no bad thing because the UK has incredible trails. And there's so many places that I still haven't been and I need to get to. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be on paper maybe less exciting, you know, just staying in the country. But I think uh, a lot of the people who watch the channel, you know, you know, they're mainly from the United Kingdom, and it's this the most relatable things you can do are things that people watching the videos can do themselves, you know. So, mm-hmm. um. So yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing major at the moment. But what happens is somebody will get in touch and say you should come right here or do this. Uh, or you know, there's suggestions come in and, and things just kind of manifest. So uh, although I don't have like huge hard plans at the moment, I'm sure that something will materialise. Well, yeah. actually, there is one. Um, I'll be getting that new uh, deviate. Um, I don't know exactly when. But it should be in the first quarter of uh, of next year, so I'll be getting this new bike, and that is a uh, well. Uh, people listening to this are obviously in a mountain bike, and then there's there's no better day than new bike day. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. And yeah. is this the one without the pinion gearbox, or? It is, yeah. Okay, that'd so be it's, interesting. It's the, it's the Highlander. They're still keeping the high pivot point on it, um, and they've gone twenty nine er as well. Mm. So, 140 mil rear end and uh, I think they're going to match up with a 150 mil fork so uh, I've already ridden that one out in Spain Ben came out and uh, joined me and Brian for a couple of days 
and I had a go on it, which is the worst thing you can do for me. Is like, here you go, have a shot of it, and I absolutely loved it, like so much so that I just wanted it there and then. And then Ben's like, yeah, well, you'll you'll get one next year at some point. And I'm like, it's just like <laughs> you've shown me how good this thing is, and then you take it away from me. But I knew that was going to happen anyway. But uh, so I'm looking forward to getting that bike. Uh, I don't cool. think I get to keep it; I just get to use it. But that's fine by me. Yeah, it's so, cool, man. Sure, yeah. it's amazing, there. Uh? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited, excited for that. So I think that's, yeah, yeah I've got loads of plans. I'm gonna, I'm planning on uh, heading more into the hills as well. I want to, uh, maybe not to Grizzly Monod diary levels, but want to head and and conquer a few more mountains and see what's rideable. Because at the end of the day, that's uh, one of the best things about Scotland is the responsible access code. So as as long as there's a trail. You know, whether it's for hikers or not, is uh, you know you can go to some pretty amazing places. So I really mm-hmm. want to explore a bit more, and those videos seem to uh, seem to speak to a few people as well. I think uh, I think just the idea of heading into the hills, you know, is is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because I did ask my listeners one time um, to you know their their main reason for mountain biking, why they why they mountain biked. And it yep. was exactly what you said, which kind of surprised me. It was being in nature. That was the number one response. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the best. It's just the best. Yeah. I think um, whether you realize it or not, um, people just need some some time to themselves or, or with people you know that they, that they enjoy spending time with. But for me, there's nothing more enjoyable than just, even if it's by myself, just heading up into the hills just you you know nature or you know you maybe see the odd the odd person but you know it's, it's all, all the right people head head out into the country i reckon mm-hmm. so it's just uh yeah yeah i think being in nature probably is is the one for me as well yeah it's cool man it's very very cool um so andrew how can people best keep updated with your videos and your adventures and stuff I I try and keep it simple. <laughs> the the best one is definitely YouTube uh, McTrail Rider. Uh, yep, just Trail Rider with an MC at the start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's my main one. I don't focus on too much else. If anybody is already a subscriber and they want more content, then they can go to Patreon uh, McTrail Rider as well. And uh, that's you know that's the way that i actually keep going so if anyone feels that way inclined uh and i'm trying to do a bit more on instagram as well which will just be at mctrail underscore rider or something like that mm-hmm. my logo will show up if you see my logo that's me um yeah that's that's the three things i use really yeah cool um yeah, don't do Facebook. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> uh, no, that's very cool, and I'll stick all those links and stuff on the show notes if people want to to click there and get involved. But awesome, bro. Listen, thanks so much for coming on, and I wish you all the best uh, in the near future with your channel and stuff. And um, I really do enjoy your videos, so I think you'll do really well, man. It's good. It's good to have somebody like yourself in the UK concentrating more on the UK stuff and, you know, let Brian Kennedy and the other boys do their do their US thing more so. So it's really cool to have you here. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, and I wish you all the best on your podcast. I've been listening to a few on the, on the way back up to Scotland. Uh, it'd be most enjoyable. Thank you, bro. And, uh, yeah, it's... Um, 
it's it's cool just to speak to, to people like yourself you know what i mean and it's cool to be involved and be in, in the community and uh it's a great community to be involved in and i think that's why we all stick at it as well to be honest yeah we've got a good thing going <laughs> yeah for sure bud for sure well listen good luck and um when you get that new bike i'll maybe get you back on and get you to review it for me or something huh? yeah i'd love to all right, dude, that sounds good. All right, well, I'll keep an eye on your channel and I'll see where you're at. And I'm sure you'll be doing a doing a uh, a, a film with it. Oh, no doubt, of course. <laughs> cool, bud, cool, bud. Well, listen, have a good evening. Thanks again for coming on, Andrew. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Gareth. Cheers. That's a wrap for episode 118. And thanks so much, Andrew, for coming on the show. I do appreciate you coming on the podcast and telling your story. And I hope you all the best in the future with the YouTube channel and everything else you've got going on there. So good luck, pal. And I'm sure I'll chat to you in the near future when you get your new DV8 bike. That thing seems like a monster. So we will definitely get you on the show and have a chat to you about that. Now, folks, if you want to know anything more about Andrew, about the YouTube channel, about his his um, collaboration with BKXC over a number of uh, weeks there just go to the show notes mtb-tribe.com you'll get all the links to Andrew's socials and his videos and uh, you'll get a little bit more info on what we chat about throughout the show now thanks so much for listening again as always and if you want to support the show the best way is by subscribing rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people now if you're not an Apple don't worry you can find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean or any other podcast platform you listen to we should be on them all we also have a website mtb-tribe.com where you can find the complete bike catalogue listen and download every show from there you can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the show you can also get involved on social media at MTB Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. Take screenshots and share with friends. It's always the best way to share the show. Let's get people off the sofas, on the saddles, and get them out in nature and enjoying the weekends or whenever they can get the spare time to get out on the bike. Now, folks, stick around next week because we have a special Boxing Day show for you. There's a special guest on the podcast that's kind of taking things over a little. So it's a bit of a different show. I must say I was nervous doing it, but it's a good one. I'm really glad we've done it. And uh, just just tune in next Thursday, the 26th, and uh, you will you will be able to hear it there. Now, have a great Christmas, folks. I hope you got out on the bikes over Christmas. And if uh, Santa's kind enough and you have been good enough, hopefully you're getting a new bike under the tree this Christmas morning. So have a good one, folks. If you get out, enjoy the trails. And as always, stay empty, be stoked. <laughs>